Father, we thank you for the fact that we can boldly approach your throne of grace and make our petitions known. We thank you that you are the king of the universe, that you are the ruler, that the Ruach Akodesh lives and dwells inside of us. We thank you that you're the one uh, who guides us into all truth, that you're for us, that you're not against us, that you're with us every minute and every second of the day in our waking and our sleeping hours. I ask you tonight, in the name of Yeshua, to be here with us. I know you are. I pray that, that your uh, Shekinah, your glory, will just begin to speak to us and take over us in such a way that we not just hear your word and not just receive your word, but that they become a part of us. And I bind every spirit that will try to come against this in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. I pull down the spirit of lies and the spirit of deception in the name of Yeshua. And I bind them, blind them, gag them, and use them. And I tell them you are not welcome in this place. But where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And there is liberty in this place tonight. Congregation Mindset. Good evening. First all, first off, I just want to say thank you inviting me to bring him to your people. If you've ever heard him So last week, we were kind of a couple of steps on it, because we were going to The things that we talked about last week really revolve around the fact that the Ruach of Kodesh has given us back, through Yeshua, our freedom, our dominion, He's given us back the things that were taken away from us or that we gave away to the enemy through the course of Adam and Eve and their fall in the garden. He talked about why we were created. We were created to love and to be loved. To be loved by who? To be loved by others that are in the body as well as to be loved by God and to learn how to accept that love and allow that love to live through us through the Ruach HaKodesh. Yeshua heard the voice in Genesis and when he was uh, being baptized by John the voice from heaven came Yeshua was baptized in water and the Spirit descended and rested upon him. We talked a little bit about what the enemy does. The enemy projects his image upon us. And as a result, we don't see ourselves as beings who were created in the likeness and the image of God. 
we don't take dominion on the earth like it's been given to us. And he is also convinced, or continues to try to convince us, that we are, in and of ourselves, gods. Therefore, when sin entered the world, we kind of set ourselves up because of that sin. And you see it in today's society especially, that people really rely on themselves as a God to hear or to do whatever it is that they want to do. But as believers, we should come and understand that the only way to God is through Yeshua and through taking back the dominion that God has given us through Him. And so that kind of brings us into this week where we see in Moses' life that there is deliverance that he brought. There's a freedom. There's dominion. And there's the presence of God. And, and we can see that that is not necessarily a specific pattern, but that is a pattern that works out when the Ruach HaKodesh becomes the ruler, Yeshua becomes the ruler, we allow Adonai to be the ruler in our lives. So, if you want to turn to Exodus chapter 3, we're going to begin there. And we see here that Moses has spent 40 years in the wilderness, And he's come to a point where the Lord, through the Ruach HaKodesh, begins to deal with him. Deal with him about what? Deal with him about deliverance and about freedom and about dominion and about the Lord's presence. So we'll just start at verse 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, priest of Midian. So he led the flock to the farthest end of the wilderness, coming to the mountain of God, Horeb. Then the angel of Adonai appeared to him in a flame of fire from within a bush. So he looked and saw the, burning, the bush burning with fire, yet it was not consumed. Moses thought, I might want to go check this out. It doesn't say that exactly. But I will now go and see this great sight. Why is the bush not burnt? When Adonai saw that he turned to look, he called to him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. So he answered, Hineni, or here am I. Then he said, Come no closer. Take your sandals off your feet. For the place where you are standing is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. 
Then Adonai said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their slave masters, for I know their plans. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians to bring them up out of that land into a good and large land, a land flowing with milk and honey, into the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, or Perizzites, I'm just kidding, uh, Hivites and Jebusites. Now behold, the cry of B'nai Israel has come to me. We'll stop right there for, for right now. After the call that God gives to Moses, I believe that we, we will see tonight that the Ruach HaKodesh is a teacher. John 16, 13, Yeshua said, But when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but whatever He hears, He will tell you, and He will declare to you the things that are to come. And we'll see the evidence in Moses' life of the Ruach HaKodesh who was doing this very same thing. Leading him, guiding him, directing him. Moses was a type and shadow or a foretelling of the restoration of dominion, and the restoration of the presence of the Lord, the restoration of freedom, and of deliverance. And we also see that there are two types of experiences that I'll show you in Exodus 3 and 4 and then in Exodus is it 19 and 20. Exodus 3 and 4, those chapters, we see that Moses has an individual experience with the Lord. So what happens with this individual experience that, we, that I just read about, we just talked about? In the individual experience, we begin to see, or we begin to see, how Moses is receiving the mantle of the Lord. And what is this mantle? People have asked, is it an anointing? Well, yes. Is it a calling? Well, yes. Is it a, a, a stamp of approval? Well, yes. But the mantle of the Lord really goes back also, if you look at Isaiah 61 or Luke 4, 18, where Yeshua said, the Ruach Adonai is upon me, or is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of Adonai's favor. So the Spirit of the Lord, of the Ruach HaKodesh, 
that was on Yeshua that was foretold about in Isaiah, I believe we can see that same spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, working in the life of Moses as well. As we go down through this passage and begin to talk about this. So, Moses' individual experience. What happened? He saw a bush burning and not being consumed. So he saw with his eyes the Lord beginning to reveal a plan. The Lord gets our attention, doesn't he? Now, we shouldn't be looking for a specific sign and not believe the word that the Lord has taught us. But this happened with Moses. He saw that there was a burning bush. It wasn't being consumed. It got his attention. The next thing that we see is that Adonai's voice calls Moses. It's important that we understand that when the Ruach HaKodesh is speaking and calling, that we'll perceive and we'll understand who that is. So Moses' response to that was, here I am. So what does the Lord say then? He says, don't come any closer. Take off your shoes. This is holy ground. And you'll see that as we move forward in this, that this is a setup for what is going to happen for a congregational experience or for a national experience that happens with the children of Israel. So Adonai introduces himself to Moses. And what does Moses do? He hides his face. That seems to be a, uh, a typical reaction because of the fall of Adam and Eve. Remember, the Lord was walking through the garden. They had sinned, and they hid. So he sees, he hears the voice. He says, here am I. The Lord says, come no closer. Adonai typically uh, introduces himself. This is who I am. This is what I do. So forth and so on. And Moses hides his face. It's important to understand that Adonai loves his children and he tells Moses in 3 and 7, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their slave masters, for I know their pains. So God sees the affliction of his children, and he loves them, and he wants to deliver them, and he wants us to have dominion over uh, the territory. He wants to set them free. He wants to give them his presence. And really what the Lord is saying to Moses is there is a world system that the children of Israel, your brothers and sisters, are under that I don't want them to be under any longer. 
Isn't that true for us today as well? There's a world system, a system that God has not set up, a way of doing things that God has not set up that he does not want us to be in, that he wants us to have dominion over, that he wants us to be set free from, that he wants us to come and learn of his ways and follow after him so that we too can experience the presence of the Lord. So God sends Moses to his people. And God says, or Moses says, uh, well, who am I going to tell them sent me? I am. I am answers a lot. When we come to an understanding of the fact that the Lord is what we need, really what we desire from the beginning, and we realize that He has everything that we need through the Ruach HaKodesh, then we're in a good place. Moses isn't quite there yet. He's still got some, uh, got some ob objections. He's got some worries. So what does Moses do? I can't speak. My tongue's thick. I need some help. So he goes on and he continues to tell God these reasons why he doesn't think that he is the person for this job. And the same thing happens in our lives too. How often is it that we see in ourselves, I'm not the person for this. I can't do this. And you know what the Lord says? You can. And you will. With my help. So that's where we find Moses. So, so God really, he, he, he kind of gets frustrated by Moses and he says, fine. I'll give you Aaron. So what we see here in this type and shadow or this picture is that Moses will be like God to the people and his mouthpiece will be Aaron. Well, that's how God uses himself and the prophet as well. The prophet is more of a, is a mouthpiece that proclaims the truth of the Lord to the people. So God encourages Moses. And not only does he encourage him by saying, you can do this and you will do this, but God very graciously land, lays out an entire plan for Moses. And he says, oh, and by the way, this is an important note. He says, when you come back around, you will worship me on this mountain. Remember, Moses has been out in this wilderness for 40 years. He, know that he knows this land. He knows the terrain because he was a shepherd. Helping his uh, father-in-law Jethro with the sheep. He's been to that mountain before. 
And here he is receiving prophetic insight from the Lord that these things are going to happen. So after the burning bush, Moses meets up with Aaron because God sends him in that direction. And like I said, Moses is like God to the people and Aaron will become like a prophet to the people. So we move forward to, to uh, chapter 4. Okay, so uh, Moses returns uh, to Egypt, verse 18. So Moses went, returned to his father-in-law Jethro, and said to him, Please let me go, so I may return to my kinsmen who are in Egypt, and see whether they are still alive. Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. Well, isn't that kind of doubt in Moses' mind? Hey, I'm, I just want to go check and see if these people are still alive. Well, God told you they were alive. <laughs> You know, so Moses is having a, a, a struggle of, of faith here, so it seems. All right, Jethro said to Moses, go in peace. Then Adonai said to Moses and Midian, go, return to Egypt, for all the men that sought your life are dead. So Moses took his wife and sons, set them on a donkey, and returned to the land of Egypt. Moses took the staff of God in his hand. Adonai said to Moses, when you go back to Egypt, see that you do all the wonders before Pharaoh that I have put in your hand. So before that, when, going back a minute, when Moses said, who should I tell them that is coming, um, and how are we going to do this? God says, hey, uh, throw your staff on the ground, and it turned into a snake, and Moses is like, oh, a snake. So he reaches down and grabs it by the tail like uh, the Lord tells him to. He picks it up, and it's a staff again. So he also sticks his hand in his uh, vest or shirt or best camo or whatever he was wearing at the time and uh, pulls it out and it's leprous and then puts it back in and, and it's fine. So the Lord's saying, these signs will have I given you to go and show the, uh, the people and they'll believe you and they'll believe that, that I've sent you. So uh, Adonai said to Moses, when you go back to Egypt, see that you do all these wonders before Pharaoh that I have put in your hand. I will harden his heart, and he will not let the people go. You are to say to Pharaoh, this is what Adonai says, Israel is my, my son, my firstborn. So I have said to you, let my son go, that he may serve me. But you have refused to let him go. Behold, I will slay your son, your firstborn. It happened along the way at a lodging place that Adonai met him and sought to kill him. But Zephora took a flint, cut off the foreskin of her son, and threw it at his feet, saying, You are surely bridegroom of blood to me. She said, A bridegroom of blood because of the circumcision. Then he let him alone. Now Adonai said to Aaron, Come into the wilderness to meet Moses. So he went and met him at the mountain of God. And kissed him, and Moses told Aaron all the words of Adonai, which he had uh, been sent along with all the signs that he'd commanded him to do. Then Moses and Aaron went and assembled the elders of B'nai Israel, 
Aaron spoke all the words that Adonai had spoken to Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people. So the people believed when they heard that Adonai had remembered B'nai Israel and seen their affliction, they bowed their heads and worshipped. So we see that the, the signs and wonders are evident in Moses' life. Children of Israel. B'nai Israel, children of Israel. Okay, so we move forward now. To Exodus 19. We see that Moses has had this experience, personal experience, with Adonai. He sees a burning bush. The Lord says, Don't come any closer. This is holy ground. So what happens in Exodus 19 is the children of Israel had been set free and they've come out of Egypt and there are all these signs and wonders and miracles that happen along the way. And it's interesting that here they are, they're standing right back at the same place that Moses had his experience with God. God called Moses at Mount Horeb or Mount Sinai. We're going to see now that this same thing begins to happen for the nation of Israel. Moses goes up to God on the mountain. Why? Because the voice of God calls him up there. Remember, Moses heard the voice of God calling out of the bush. Now he hears the voice of God calling, uh, calling him up to the mountain. So in verse 4 of chapter 19 of Exodus, he says, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Now then, if you listen closely to my voice and keep my covenant... Then you'll be my own treasure from among all people. For all the earth is mine. So as for you, you will be to me a kingdom of Kohanim and a holy nation. These are the words which you are to speak to B'nai Israel or the children of Israel. So Moses went, called for the elders of the people and put before them all the words that Adonai had commanded them. And the people answered together and said, everything that Adonai has spoken, we will do. There you have it again. Do you, are, you, are you seeing a picture here? I hope you're, you're beginning to see a picture that Moses saw the burning bush. It's not being consumed. We're going to see a mountain of smoke. Adonai's voice from the burning bush calls Moses. And here we see that the voice of Adonai is calling the children of Israel 
through the elders. All the people answered together and said, Everything that Adonai has spoken, we will do. Then Moses reported the words of the people to Adonai. Adonai said to Moses, I'm about to come to you in a thick cloud so that the people will hear when I speak with you and believe you forever. Then Moses told the words of the people to Adonai. Adonai said to Moses, Go to the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow. Let them wash their clothing. Be ready for the third day. For on the third day, Adonai will come down upon Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. You are to set boundaries for the people all around, saying, Be very careful not to go up onto the mountain or touch the border of it. Doesn't that sound like the burning bush? When, when, when the flame of fire was coming from the burning bush and God said, Hey, whoa, whoa, wait, don't come any closer. You're staying on holy ground. We're seeing, we're beginning to see that the mantle that was placed on Moses is also being placed as the calling of the children of Israel, as the nation of Israel. And that's very important because we're going to begin to see how this mantle is passed on from generation to generation, years and years and years ahead, and even bring us to, to today. That's part of the reason for a Ruach encounter. We're studying the life or the presence or the dominion or the, the freedom of the Ruach HaKodesh and how he's continued from beginning of time all the way through this period where we're talking about now to where we are today. Adonai said to Moses, Go to the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow. Let them wash their clothing. Be ready for the third day. For on the third day, Adonai will come down upon Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Verse 12, You are to set boundaries for all the people, uh, for the people all around, saying, Be very careful not to go up onto the mountain or touch the border of it. Whoever touches the mountain will surely be put to death. Not a hand is to touch it, but he will surely be stoned or shot through. Whether it's an animal or a man, it will not live. When the shofar sounds, they may come up to the mountain. Then Moses went down from the mountain to the people, consecrated them, and then they washed their clothing. He said to the people, Be ready for the third day. Do not draw near your wives. In the morning of the third day, there was thundering and lightning, a thick cloud on the mountain, and a blast of an exceedingly loud shofar. All the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they stood at the lowest part of the mountain. Now the entire Mount Sinai was in smoke, because Adonai had descended upon it in fire. The smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace. The whole mountain quaked greatly. When the sound of the shofar grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him with a thunderous sound. I'm used to hearing shofars at that very moment right there. Then Adonai came down unto Mount Sinai 
to the top of the mountain. Adonai called Moses to the top of the mountain, so Moses went up. Then Adonai said to Moses, Go down and warn the people, lest they break through to see Adonai, and many of them die. Even the Kohanim who come near to Adonai must consecrate themselves so that Adonai does not break out against them. Moses said to Adonai, The people cannot come up to the Mount Sinai, for you are the one who warned us, saying, Set boundaries around the mountain and consecrate it. Then Adonai said to him, Go down, you are to come back up, you and Aaron with you, but do not let the Kohanim and the people break through to come up to Adonai, or he will break out against them. So went down. So Moses went down to the people, and he told them. I know it's a lot of scripture to read, but we're beginning to see, like I said a couple minutes ago, that there was a, a pattern that the Lord set when he spoke to Moses at the burning bush and got his attention. I said, we saw the burning bush and it was not being consumed. Here we see Mount Sinai. Remember, we're talking about an individual call. And now we're talking about the nation of Israel's call. And how prophetically the Lord showed Moses and actually did to Moses what is now being shown or being done to the children of Israel. Adonai's voice calls Moses, uh, and his voice calls the nation. Moses responded, Here am I, Hineni. And how did the children of Israel respond? They responded the same way, first with the elders, and then later in chapter 20, we see that with the children of Israel. The Lord says, don't come any closer to Moses. Take off your shoes. This is holy ground. And then what does God say here to the children of Israel? With the, the mountain on fire and, and smoke, he says, this is holy ground. This is set apart. Don't come any closer. Moses hides his face, and the people say, whoa, the voice of God is too much. It's the same thing. So it's, a, it's a type of, of hiding from the Lord. Listen, if we're ever in a place in our lives when we don't want to hear God, that's a good indicator that there is something in our lives that is a hindrance. And that we should probably get on our face and not hide ourselves any longer and say, Lord, here am I. Let's get this situation dealt with. That's a side note. <laughs> so Moses hides his face and the people say, Your voice is too much. And what's happening here, once again, is that we see that the Lord is, has begun that process from Egypt of deliverance. He's beginning that process of bringing freedom he wants the children of Israel to have dominion and to take the land that he says he's taken. Why? So that he can set his presence and his glory in the midst of them.
it's interesting to me as well, as I kind of move forward a little bit, is that we can see, some people say that in a book of Ephesians there's a fivefold ministry and that you can only be in one of these categories. And I really disagree with that. We can see in Ephesians that there is an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. I don't know how many of you have heard the teaching about this. But I want to declare to you tonight that we can see in the life of Moses that he became all things to the people when he needed when the people needed him what did he do he he went before pharaoh and he proclaimed the word of the lord he was being an an an, an evangelical not evangelical being an evangelist <laughs> uh to the to Egypt, I believe that if if the if the children of Israel, uh, I mean if if Egypt, if Pharaoh would have said, "Hey, enough with these plagues! I want to serve your God," then they might have ended, and Egypt at that point might have been able to come to the Lord. But that wasn't God's design. It wasn't his. It wasn't his plan at at that time. But we see how Moses, when the people needed something, he taught them. Or he got advice on how to teach them. Jethro was a great teacher. We see that, that he, he shepherded them. He was a pastor to them. He, he, he continued to lead them and guide them and direct them. And all of these things that he was to the children of Israel, did not come about before the Ruach HaKodesh had placed a mantle on him. None of these things would have been possible without the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, coming upon him and saying, you can do this. You can, you can walk forward. You can carry out the purposes, and the plans that God has for your life and for the life of the nation of Israel. So we'll begin to see, I believe, as a pattern or, or as, a, as we move forward, <clears throat> that there's certain emphasis that is brought upon deliverance and freedom and dominion and the presence of, of God and how continually His desire for us is to take dominion, is to be people who are free from sickness, disease, Disorder. Did you know that disorder is not from God? That confusion is not from God? And that this world system that we have today is a system of confusion? Just look at our political system now. 
and how messed up it is. There's confusion. There's disorder. There's injustice in a system that says that it's, it's, it's a system of justice. And when we're willing to submit to God and allow His calling and the Ruach HaKodesh to be upon us in our lives, and as we will begin to be led into all truth, just as Moses was and the other uh, individuals that we'll continue to talk about, we'll continue to be led into all truth and eventually begin to come out of that world system, that system of Egypt, who says, you're slaves. You have to, uh, you can't worship on Sabbath. You, 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 know, you can't speak out for the Lord at work. Slavery, slavery, slavery. Injustice, injustice, injustice. We live in a whole world that says, uh, how many of you have tried to go out to eat that, that participate in eating uh, kosher? How many restaurants can you go to and have a completely kosher uh, menu in the South? You're part of the world system. You know, and that's just part of us who choose to, to walk that lifestyle to not be a part of a world system and be a part of the system that God says, this is good. This is living. In Him, we live and move and have our being. Without the Ruach HaKodesh, without Adonai, without Yeshua in our lives, what meaning does it have? So I encourage you tonight and those who are going to listen to this by way of internet or iTunes or whatever, take heart. We, we will see through the duration and the remainder of this study, I'm encouraging you to stay with the study. In week two, I'm encouraging you to stick with it all the way through week 10 or however long it, it lasts. That's the goal. I'm encouraging you to take on for yourself the Ruach HaKodesh who has called you. By fire. Who has put an anointing and a calling on your life. Walk in that freedom. We will hear the voice of the Lord. Walk in that freedom. Do you know how important the voice of the Lord is today? 
It's important as it always has been, but there's so many distractions. Do you know that even if you're at work and you stop for a minute and you say, Lord, I don't know how to do this. Please guide me into all truth. Or you're in the midst of a struggle with, with sin or, or the flesh or, or pride or, or, or whatever is going on in your life. Do you know that if we will stop for a minute and pause and wait for the Ruach HaKodesh to speak to our lives, He will continue to confirm in us what we knew from the beginning, that we belong to Him, that we belong in His presence, that we belong to walk in the dominion of the Lord. He is our freedom. He is our deliverance. He is our presence. He is our peace. He is the living God who is inside of us in this holy tabernacle. So I encourage you. Walk in this same calling, this same gifting, this same anointing. And we too can see signs of wonders. Miracles, revelation. We can receive words of knowledge and words of wisdom and all of these things the same as Moses did. And then we can discover, like I read in Luke 4.18, that the Ruach Adonai is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight of the blind, to set free the oppressed and to proclaim the year of Adonai's favor. I know that as I have been teaching this, I know that I've kind of moved forward. And I also understand that I want you to see as we progress through this that the calling that, that the patriarchs had and, and that the apostles had and that Yeshua had, that same Spirit is available for us today. That's what this is about. He always has been, He is right now, and He always will be. It's important for us to see that from the beginning of time in Genesis 1 when the Spirit was hovering over the face of the water, that same Spirit has been with us and has been showing us through types and shadows in the Tanakh that He has always been with us. A Ruach encounter from the beginning. Revival is not just something for people in California. Revival is not something for people just in Toronto. Revival is not something for people who were just in Pensacola. Revival is not just for them to experience. If we have the Ruach HaKodesh living in us today then isn't that same spirit of revival 
living in us today. Doesn't the same Spirit who raised Yeshua from the dead, isn't that same Spirit in us? Then why don't I act like it? Why don't I walk out the same things that we see Moses doing? Where are the miracles? Where are the signs? They're in us. They only come through that relationship with the Lord. They only come through us experiencing the same experience that Moses had at the burning bush that the children of Israel had at the foot of Mount Sinai. Deliverance. God delivered them out of slavery, out of bondage. Want to do the same for us? God provided freedom for them and was patient to an extent. The Lord knows that we have some working out to do from the things of the world's mindset. And He's gracious and merciful and kind. But that's the beginning. It's not the end. He wants us to take dominion. Dominion over what? How about dominion over this flesh? <laughs> Let's start there. We're not talking about walking out and, and uh, proclaiming, I take dominion over that airplane, and in the name of Jesus, I'm going to get that plane for my ministry. And Is that really dominion and authority? It's not about that. How about... Let's just learn how to take dominion, Lynn, take dominion over his flesh. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. That's what he came to give us, was freedom. Where? In ourselves. How? Through the Ruach HaKodesh. Why? Because God loves us, and he has a plan for us, and he wants to use us every single day. I know I'm getting preachy. And then the presence, he wants us to be in his presence. Keep these things in mind as we continue to move forward. Dominion. Freedom. Deliverance. The Lord's presence, which was all a part of the redemption plan since we fell through Adam and Eve in the beginning that as Rabbi David taught last week that Yeshua came back, reclaimed us, reclaimed it for himself, and then turns around and says, I'm giving these things to you 
so that you can walk these things out. We can have a Ruach encounter. This study is from the beginning all the way through different subjects and different people's lives of how the Ruach HaKodesh is in our lives. Let's pray. Father, I am continually humbled and amazed by your redemptive power. I'm humbled and amazed that you love us, that you care for us, that your mercies are new every day. Father, I ask you that as we continue to move forward through this study, that there will be a daily reminder in my life and a daily reminder in the lives of those who are listening that we are called to have an encounter with you. That we are called and have been given the right and that we're called and that through Yeshua we have dominion and we can experience your presence. Help us, Lord. Pray that the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts will be holy, will be acceptable to you. You're our Redeemer. And I pray that as we go, that the Lord will bless you and keep you. The Lord will make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord will lift up His countenance upon you. And He'll give you peace. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah. Amen.